this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Do you ever wonder, or perhaps you've been asked, what's the deal with all the rituals or the rules within Christianity? Maybe you kind of wonder, like, what is the point? It's things like going to church. I mean, do you really have to do it? or read the Bible, or we talk about prayer, or, or here's one, a communion. Uh, I've been asked before, like, what's the deal with the little cups and the breaking of the bread? Like, just seems odd or, or weird, or what is the point? If you're just joining us, we've been working through a series uh, looking at Jesus, and we've been looking at three critical questions. Um, who is Jesus? Uh, what is he all about? And then what is our response? And oftentimes, I get questions or even pushback when it comes to following Jesus. And people are like, I, I don't get all the rituals. Like, like, why do we do it? What is the point? And so that's where we want to land here today. Uh, we're going to talk kind of bigger picture, but then we're going to focus specifically on one of the practices of Christianity, and that is communion. And so if you don't already have some something to drink or something to eat, um, I encourage you to do so because we want to talk about what does it mean that, that it is more than just a ritual? Because when it comes to following Jesus, we need to understand the practices and the things that we do to really draw us closer to him and not begin to create barriers in the midst of our faith. And so we're going to jump into a passage um, in the Gospel of Mark. It's been where we've been tracking this entire uh, series. And it's, it's yet another situation where Jesus kind of goes head to head with the religious leaders. If you've been following us in this series, you know that time and time again, these religious leaders seem to try to trip Jesus up at every turn. And so they're at it again. This time over one of the practices of, wait for it, hand washing. So let me, let me read part of it. Give a little bit of a background to it so, it so it help us understand it. And then we'll dive in a little bit deeper around this whole question of what does it look like? What does it mean to follow Jesus? And why do we practice some of the rituals that we do? We're going to turn to Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. And, and this is what we read. It says, One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law, religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. And so I just, I just want to pause there for a moment and, and help us understand a little bit of the context of what is going on. Because we may be looking at this and be like, maybe I'm kind of on the Pharisees' side. Like, why are Jesus' disciples not washing their hands? Okay, understand, first and foremost, this is not a hygiene issue. This, this is not the idea of, you know, you should wash your hands before you eat. And so if you're watching this, or maybe your kids are watching this, and being like, yes, yes, Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands, so mom and dad, I don't have to wash my hands either, right? Like, I want to I wanna follow Jesus. No, no, listen, that's not what it's about. It's not hygiene. It's about following a tradition, this ancient tradition. This, this idea that 
that for the religious leaders, they, they had a tradition of washing their hands as a means of reminding themselves that if they want to be faithful to God, that they want to present themselves in a respectable way. And so they would wash their hands in a specific way. It even mentioned they would, they would cup their hands. They, they, they would talk about the amount of water that would be used and then how they would actually dry their hands. You see, understand, there was the tradition of the elders that would help them demonstrate their faith in visual ways to, in an attempt, show their faithfulness to God. Now, at the beginning, this is not a bad thing. We, we do this in our lives as well. But as you'll see in a moment, Jesus began to pick apart what they were doing. That there's something greater at stake. So let's see what Jesus says. Picking up in verse 6, Jesus replies to the Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's laws and substitute your own tradition. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd. And his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through your stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it's what comes from inside you that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. And so what we see is the bigger picture of what Jesus is talking about. He's, he's talking about this idea that absolutely there are issues in our life. There are things that defile us. There is, there is sin. There is this sense of brokenness that, that, that prevents us from truly being faithful to God. But the problem, the problem is the source. You see, for the religious leaders, they took an external practice of, of washing hands as, as being the ultimate sign of if you're really being faithful to God. And Jesus is like, are you, are you kidding me? It's not these practices that make you faithful to God. It's the condition of your heart. It's, it's not what you put in your body. It's not what you eat if you eat with uncleansed hands in the ancient tradition. It's what's the condition of your heart. Are you filled with greed, anger, rage? Do you struggle with lust? That's the behavior. Those are the issues that we need to deal with. You see, it's, it's so easy just to, to scoff at this and think this is, this is ridiculous. What, what the heck? And, and maybe even scoff at some of the rituals of Christians and say, you know what, that's, that's why I don't believe or, or, or that's why I don't go to church. They just get so caught up in the rituals of what they're doing. But understand the heart, the heart of what Jesus is speaking about. What makes us not right before God is not just simply the observant or non-observant external practices, but rather the reality of our heart. 
You see, I agree with Jesus on this. The danger of religion, the danger of the rituals, is that it puts all of the emphasis on the external. That, that we may appear a certain way, but there's no change within. There's no actual transformation. And so Jesus calls the religious leaders, you, you hypocrites, you, you, you follow these external practices, these, these ancient traditions, yet your hearts are far from God. He says, you, you worship me with your lips, but, but your worship is actually a farce. Sound familiar? You know, one of the greatest criticisms of Christians is that too often they're hypocrites. And, and I get it. It's the danger we fall into when we act a certain way in certain places. We, we go to church and we act all faithful and loving of Jesus around certain people. But then we go about our daily activities. It seems if it makes no difference. I think about this in my own life. That I can get up on a Sunday morning and I can preach and I can pray and I can, I can act in a certain way. But do I act the same way on a Tuesday at the arena? Or on a Thursday in a grocery store? Or on a Friday when someone cuts me off? Like, like so often we can, we can act a certain way on Sunday, but then we go to work and we cut corners. We aren't honest. Or maybe at school we're a gossip. Or we cheat. Or, or we fail to truly show love to someone else. You know, all the other things that Jesus was talking about. You see, understand that, that getting right with God, that, that following Jesus is ultimately about the condition of our heart. It's, it's about the motives that come from within. It, it's not just simply making religion and, and Jesus all about following the external measure. You know, a warning sign that perhaps we are focusing too much on the external, that perhaps hypocrisy is becoming too much a reality for us, is we fall into the trap of these religious leaders. We become judgmental. Did did you notice that's what really got Jesus wound up? Was, was how these religious leaders were, were criticizing his disciples, saying, well, why aren't you following these ancient traditions? Why are your disciples doing this? They are becoming judgmental. And one of the warning signs that we are making the external too important, that we're becoming hypocrites, is that, is that we become judgmental of others. And why is being judgmental a problem? It's because we use it as a measuring stick in terms of how we are doing to, against what others are. The question that Jesus asks is what is the condition of your heart? So, so back to our very original question. What do we do then with the rituals? Like, what do we do about going to church or reading the Bible or celebrating communion? Like, like what is the deal with that? Do we just kind of scrap them? No, Jesus wouldn't say that either. It's understanding motive. Recognizing that these external rituals, these traditions, are a means to an end. They, they are means to, to drawing our focus back upon what is truly important, and that is our relationship with Jesus and the transformation of our heart. We, we don't go through these traditions or these rituals just to impress God or to impress others, because let's be honest, God isn't impressed with how well we wash our hands. God is impressed by how we treat others, by how we focus entirely upon him. 
As they think of communion. This is exactly the reality of using it as a means to recognize again, not how godly we are, but how much we need God in the midst of our life. I get it. I get it. There's, there's a lot packed into this passage. And so where do we go from here? How do we not allow the external to become the priority? How do we really focus upon the condition of our heart and living in a way where we're not hypocrites, we're not judgmental? Let me suggest this one passage in the book of Proverbs, all the way back into the Old Testament. Proverbs are, in many ways, these, these ancient tweets, these, these incredible bite-sized gifts that God gives to us. It's Proverbs 4.23. And this is a verse that I think Jesus is locking in on when he's criticizing the Pharisees. He says this, Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I think about this verse often when it comes to following Jesus, of wanting to guard my heart against hypocrisy, against being overly judgmental. In many ways, it, it captures exactly what Jesus was talking about. To follow Jesus, we need to guard our hearts. And so what does it look like? Let me, let me suggest two things. Two things we can start working on here in our own life this very week. The first one is stop being judgy. One of the ways that we guard our hearts about making life with Jesus all about the external is we judge others because we want to see how we're doing. We want to, we want to measure ourselves against some other type of scorecard. And so how do you do it? How do you guard your heart against being judgmental? Confession. <laughs> Recognizing the brokenness and the sin that lurks within. The, the very list that Jesus gave deals with all of these things that I'm sure we wrestle with at different times. And the more you confess, the more you recognize your need for Jesus, and you're very hesitant, if at all, to judge others. The second thing is that if you truly, truly want to guard your heart, understand that your ultimate focus is not on the external measures. Your focus is on Jesus. So how do we do that? Let me suggest two practices. One we're going to do together. One you're going to do on your own. Likely every day, probably multiple times a day. This whole passage focused on hand washing. What if we took hand washing as a means and a practice to just, in a moment, couple times in the day, to focus on Jesus, to just check the condition of your heart. And so while you're washing your hands, maybe you offer a breath prayer. And you're like, whoa, whoa, Joel, you're getting all churchy. What's a breath prayer? Breath prayer is this. It's a short prayer you can say in one breath, right? Not rocket science here. And so as you're washing your hands, maybe you just say a simple prayer of, Jesus, thank you for your love. Jesus, I confess I'm too judgmental. Jesus, Jesus, help me to focus on you. What, whatever it may be, but, but as you wash your hands, may you make it a practice of focusing on Jesus. The second thing is one of the ancient practices of the early church that has carried on for 2,000 years, and that is the celebrating of communion. Can communion just become a ritual? 100%. 
but not if we recognize what it's all about. Communion is about recognizing our need for Jesus. It's in recognizing that, that, that we come to God, not because of what we do, but what Jesus has done, how we are forgiven, how, how we are shown mercy, how Jesus has given us grace. And so we come to the table, we, we take the cup, we take the bread, we, we break it as a symbol, as a reminder, as a, as a visual for us to recognize our need for Jesus. Where we confess that we have greed, or we struggle with lust, or evil thoughts can too easily take over. And so we say, Jesus, I need you. Taking communion is not about looking over your shoulder and being like, hey, am I doing it better than someone else? No, no, no. It's a recognition that you need Jesus in your life. And that it's a means to remind us again of God's great love for us. So this week, this week, how can we begin to take some of these rituals and allow them not to become the end, but rather a means to recognizing our need for Jesus. When we do that, it'll start to remove hypocrisy and not allow us to be judgmental of others. And that is what people will be drawn to. That's the Jesus we want people to see. So I'm going to pray. And then in the last couple minutes we have, we're going to, we're going to celebrate communion as a means of focusing back on Jesus. And so will you pray with me? And so Lord Jesus, we come this day and perhaps the place we begin is with confession. We confess that too often we may have been too focused on the external of trying to impress others and maybe even foolishly trying to impress you. We confess that too often we are hypocrites. We, we judge others. So today we come to you, Jesus, recognizing our need for you recognizing our need to be forgiven. And so we confess the things that often go on within our heart that we try to deny, but they are there. And so Jesus, will you forgive us? Will you restore us? Will you remind us that, that we are made right before God, not because of the traditions we follow, but because we follow you, Jesus, and you are the one who gave your life for our sake. You are the one who rose from the grave. And so Jesus, may we follow you this day. In your name we pray. Amen. And so we're just going to take the simple elements of cup and of the bread. Because Jesus took these and he set them apart from common use. Not, not to give us another ritual, but, but to give us a visual reminder of all that Jesus has done for us and our great need for him. And so Jesus took the cup and after he blessed it, he says, this is my blood, which shall be shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Take this and drink this in remembrance of me. So let's take a moment as we drink to focus on our need for Jesus, to focus on all that he has done for you and for me. So let's celebrate together. Jesus then took bread and after he blessed it, he broke it and he says, this is my body, 
which shall be broken for you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. The breaking of bread is significant as a reminder that Jesus broke his body so that we can be forgiven. We, we don't come and eat at the table because of how good we are. We come and eat at the table of Jesus because we recognize our need for him. That following Jesus is not about just being good. It's about recognizing that we'll never be good enough. And so we need Jesus. So let's break this bread. Let's eat this bread in celebration of God's goodness for us in Jesus. So this week, what does it begin to look like for you to follow Jesus? To not get rid of the rituals and the traditions, but use them as a means of drawing you closer to him. What does it look like to be the same person on Wednesday as it is on Sunday? What does it look like to be less judgmental of others? For me, it means that I continually focus on Jesus, remember what he has done, and be reminded that I am presentable to God, not because of the external, but because of Jesus and placing my heart before him. Remember the words of Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.